You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you need a battery for your truck or a battery for your trail camera or a specialized battery for your rangefinder or a crazy toy that you bought for your kids, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. Stop into a local Interstate Battery retail store, talk with a specialist, get the battery that you need, and go on about your day. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable welcome to the land and legacy podcast we're your hosts adam keith and matt die this is your number one resource for all things land if you're interested in conservation habitat management hunting strategy and rural real estate this is the podcast for you all right guys welcome back here we are. Backyard podcasting. Before we jump in, let's uh, give a shout-out to one of our partners to make this podcast possible, Stratton Seed Company out of Stuttgart, Arkansas. If you guys are looking for high-quality food plot seed at an affordable price, check out GoStrattonSeed.com. Yep. And they've got all the blends that we talk about on this podcast throughout the year. You know, you're probably not even thinking about food plots right now, but just know come February you're really going to be thinking about frost seed and food plots and the Revival blend is a great blend for that. And pulling soil samples at that time. It's coming That's fast. That's right. And so we're right in the middle of deer season but I can promise you um, well a lot of the listeners that are that listen to this podcast I know they're sitting in a tree stand thinking about all the work that they're going to be doing. Yep. Habitat work. So uh, remember to check out GhostRattenSeed.com or you can check them out on our shop ShopLandandLegacy.com you can see the various blends and the and the rates and pricing and everything like that. I would encourage you to do so before, as we get, I mean we're months out but you can plan ahead and, and uh, get some great seed at an affordable price to where you may be able to plant more food plots with Stratton Seed. All right. Man, so we're right in the middle of deer season. Um, this podcast is going to drop. Oh, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's coming up. That's right. It's going to drop on Just Tuesday. A and, days and you away. guys are a couple days away. So enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. Yeah. 
Large Friends, family. Large family gatherings. <laughs> get get together with your family. Give them hugs. Give them a hug. Give them a handshake. Give them a kiss. <laughs> Be eat, careful. Eat plenty of turkey. Um, man, what a time to be alive. I don't even know what to say anymore when it comes to, it's like, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with family and friends. Well, unless you're. Unless you live in this state, this state, this state, this state, and that state. And enjoy it in the darkness yeah. of. Or in the quiet of your lonely <laughs> apartment. Golly. Shh, cops are here. <laughs> Turn off the lights. Oh, man. Well, here's some good news. Here's some good news to bring you guys. There's several several buck stories to talk oh, about. I was going to say, here's some, here's some even better news. What's that? Jesus is alive today, yes. tomorrow, next week. He's just as good as he was yesterday in the days to come. That's right. Mm. That's, that, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of stock to put into that. I uh, I was sitting in a tree stand. You know, that'll be another podcast. The the, the the this this hunt that I'm getting that I've that I had, but I was sitting in a tree stand, and uh, the Bible verse was something about um, I forget it was out of John, and it was just talking about you know believing in in Jesus, and that even though your body may die, you're still going to mm-hmm. live on forever and ever. And it's just like I'm looking around me at the sunrise because you know Big Piney sets. Looking, you're pretty much facing east, six, yeah. well, southeast now. And, that's and so you're just looking at the at. sun just pour up. He's like, whoo, man, he's alive and well today. Alive and well. Yep, absolutely. No, there's, there's a lot of refuge to take in all that. And now, uh, another, in other good news, deer season. Yes. <laughs> and and success during deer season. We, you know, deer season, it's been open for both seasons since September 15th here for us in Missouri. But what recently happened was the start of firearm season. Last yep. week we talked about... Um, Bow hunting snobs, turn it off right now. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> see you guys next week. <laughs> but we uh, about see us in about three weeks. <laughs> the, and I only say, before I say that, when I say snob, I should say, I'm not here to offend anybody, but there are a crowd, and I fall into this a lot as well, but if it's shot with a gun, we have a lot less respect for it than shooting it with a bow. It's just the way it is. There's guys like that. I've been like that. I'm still like that sometimes. But now I get it full force. Time is very limited, and it's like, you know what? Success rates are a whole lot higher with a gun than they are with a bow. So here we are. It's gun season, and we've been laying some deer down. <laughs> well, what I mean, honestly, you know, someone's going to say, wow, you guys, you guys really turned it on during firearm season, extended range. And it's like, actually, no. I mean. I shot my deer out of a stand that I've been bow hunting. He was 35 yards. I shot my 40 from a deer, I mean, from a stand that I was bow hunting. And it's just like, no, I just, I mean, it was just one of those things of, uh, he walked by and I was yep. rifle hunting. So, um, you know, that, there's there's absolutely no shame in this game from, from taking a rifle to the woods. And, and especially, we kind of treated ourselves um, this fall and got ourselves two new rifles. Oof. Topped with Vortex scopes and running the... Uh, Deer season, XP copper impact through yep. those puppies. Two three oh eights. It's yep. a Browning X bolt, and holy cow! You know, I, I, don't, I, I I've never, I've never owned a nice. I'm trying to think here, have I ever owned? I've never really owned a like. Uh, 
when you go to Bass Pro or you go to a sporting goods store or sportsman's warehouse. Let's just call it a top shelf rifle. When, when you go to there and you just see the top shelf rifle, you're like, I'd really like to have that rifle, but... But budget says... I'm going to go look at the used rack over there. That's how I've always bought. Oh, yeah. And I bought a... So I've only ever had a couple shotguns in my life. I had a Charles Daly. That was the first shotgun I ever got. And then I had a... Uh, Remington 870, which the thing was is a solid gun. Um, I almost regret selling it. Yeah. Um, but towards the end, it wasn't as reliable as it once was, and it's probably user error because I wasn't keeping it as cleaned as as I probably should have. And then I bought a I've got a Winchester SXP, so the pump version, mm-hmm. and uh, that's still the shotgun I have. But when it comes to rifles. I had I started out with a 20 gauge slug and then I started using my dad's gun whenever he wasn't hunting um a 3030 and then later on I bought a, a 7400 Woodmaster Remington and semi auto Ot 6 and then um I've never had a rifle other than that one um and so these guns that you and I decided to buy was like top shelf like that's gonna, the one we're going to get it for all purposes yeah. As well, and we went back and forth on a lot on calibers. Um, we've had we've shot a lot of deer with 308s, but love the round, and it's one of those versatile rounds that's like, man, you probably except for right now, <laughs> you can't find ammo right now. But usually there's lots of ammo, a, a variety in the grain bullet options, so you can go you know anything from coyotes all the way up to bears and moose with a 308. Like you can yeah. run the whole gamut of of North America big game. And, you know, these things are – you could shoot 800 yards if you wanted to, needed to, yep. were skilled enough I, to I'd pull be curious. So, you you listeners, uh, I would love to hear your guys' opinion when we drop this podcast on social media. Let us know what caliber you're using. I, yeah. I you know, I, I shot Ot 6 for, for years, uh, and then I shot 308 for several years, and I fell in love with that round. You and I were torn between 6.5 Creedmoor, mm-hmm. 308, 270. That yep. was like the three that was like, ah, I'm teetering back and forth. And my brother's got a 270, so you always do exactly what your brother does. Uh, what he well, does, you do like, the opposite. My brother's got 272. So I was like, yeah. no, I'm going 308. <laughs> that way we can have that riff of which one's yeah. better. And so I went with 308. You went with 308. We have Twinkie guns. They're the exact same gun, exact same scope. Um and they're uh, honestly, I would heck. I like mine so much. I would like to have just two of them, the exact same gun because they're that. I mean, I like it is a it is a solid, solid shooting gun. Um, yeah, it's Browning X bolts, yep. Hell's Canyon something version, camo on it. Yeah, kind of a Cerakote uh, yeah. barrel. And, I mean, we yeah, it's a really we, nice. We rifle. spoiled ourselves a little bit, but hey, twenty twenty was, was a good year. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we were like, we're going in the fall. You know, let's, let's just we bought it. the 350 Legend last year. Yep. Um, but it, we didn't get them in until after. It was after gun season. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, well, and a, and a 350 Legend is a, a great caliber, but uh, you know, long range potential is yeah. not. It's a great 250. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's a great 250, and it's fantastic deer hunting rifle. So we went with 308. And, oh, man, I couldn't be more tickled. So, yep. here we are. We bought the rifles, and we're going into gun season. And we're crushing deer at 35 and 40 yards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it was like one of those where 
you know, when I bought the 30-06, uh, scope, I even have the, uh, it has the iron sights on it, or not the iron sights, but it has sights on it. Um, I was mowing grass in high school, I think, and I bought it. And uh, I'll share a short story for you. I was mowing grass. I think I was a freshman or sophomore in high school. And, uh, shoot, I might, I might even have been in eighth grade. I think I was in eighth grade, actually, when this happened. And I wanted a rifle. We needed a rifle. And uh, I went in with a set amount of dollars from mowing grass. Yeah. And I saw a rifle that I really liked. And it was about I think it was 150 over my price range. And I was like looking, and Dad's like, "Why you need a rifle that's so like not six? Why don't you get just a thirty thirty? That's what your brother and I have. Why don't you just go that route?" Because I ain't you. And it was like, "Well, I don't. I want something with scope on it. I don't want to use iron sights. I'd want something with scope." So I'm like, we kept looking. We went to all these different pawn shops. Went in there, saw that rifle, liked it. We it was too much. Went to another place came back dad's like let's just go back and look at that one again and that's when he forked over yeah. the rest of the cash and bought it for, yeah. and bought yeah. it with me um so I, I still have that rifle i'll never get rid of it but um actually i get uh, uh my dad now has it as like his one in case it's Casey's going somewhere where it's too far with the 3030. Um, <laughs> yeah. now he, he got the extended range version <laughs> yeah <now. laughs> and so uh anyway um that was kind of a fun story for me when when he, I got that rifle. But golly, now we have these where it's just like uh, with that Vortex scope. I'm not even sure what what is it. The Viper. Yeah, We've got the Vortex the Viper, Viper yep. which has got the uh, uh, is not is BDC yep. reticles. I don't yep. know if that's a yep. just for Nikon. It's got the hash marks on down, so we can shoot it out 400, 500 yards if we want with just using those hash marks because of the grain bullet. Really, really nice. It's kind of one of those you don't have to think about it. You just shoot it. Uh, and and there's you can just I feel like you pick up the rifle. It fits very well. You just gain confidence with it very quickly. Like out of the box, you're like wow, gosh, it fits forms so so well. Um, so yeah, and going into deer scenes, like yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty optimistic about you know shouldering this this gun, this rifle on a deer and and executing on a shot and. Um, you know, that kind of led us into opening day. And we talked about opening day last week on the podcast. Um, weather was just crummy, all these different factors. Then that takes us basically to Monday. So Monday would have been the third day of season here yep. in Missouri. I don't, you didn't hunt that day, did you? I did. You wanted, I don't know. No, because you were home. Yeah. <coughs> you were home. Um, but it it was it was very similar. I mean, I think it was like mid fifties that day forecasted south wind. That's right. Because I, I was going Tuesday. That's right. Yep. That was the plan anyway. I'm and going you, Tuesday. You, yep. Yeah. 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 So, so I went Monday morning um, back to same food plot. I mean, excuse me, the same stand. I had killed a doe in er, earlier uh, about a week prior. And uh, it's been a great stand, lots of deer activities. Like, I, I know if I just put in time here, I'm going to see deer. And uh, whenever a strong south wind blows through there, blows in a great direction. And entry, with this property being, like, just a very transitional property, 
You hear that? Surrounding. I don't know if our listeners can hear that, but they heard our conversation. Oh, the helicopter circling? About a Thanksgiving <laughs> encouragement, and they're coming to get us. They come and he's going to fly right over us, so oh, they'll nice. eventually hear him. Yeah. This is one of the problems when you record outside. This is live, Which I would much man. rather record outside than inside. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but. And, I mean, that's, it's just the pl- – guys, take it in. They're coming to get us. This might be the last podcast we have. <laughs> I think it was a medical one. Um, so, great wind to go back into that stand. And, and with this with this property being very transitional, I don't – I have not, let's say. shouldn't say don't. I don't tend to spook any deer going in. It's it's a very, like, hour after sunrise for the, you know, the next three hours. Tends to be a very good window to be able to see deer move through and transition from bed to food. And so went in there with that intention, some slight topography features overlooking the stand, and that has just funneled deer perfectly through here. So sun comes up, I get settled in, got in, quiet. To my knowledge, didn't spook anything. And get settled in, wind's perfect, sun comes up, waiting. Kind of waiting. Still nothing. Still not seeing anything. And that's about 45 minutes after light. It was basically right at 7 o'clock. It was getting light at 6.15 or so. Shooting light, anyhow. I hear footsteps. And I know, like, everyone can relate to this. It's like when you're in the tree and you hear footsteps, you're like, is that a squirrel or a deer? It's always a squirrel. But there's those times when you hear stuff in the leaves and you're like, 100% of that is a deer. Yeah. That was the reaction that I heard that morning and, and, and how I responded. It was right at 7 o'clock. I'm like, that is deer. And I'm self-filming. So I've got the cam- camera on the right, GoPro yep. kind of back behind. I immediately just kind of slid out of the, you know, nice and quiet, slid up the back of the tree, flipped the seat up, opened up the camera, and there's a drain that works right into this bench, and it's actually one of the m- more consistent areas that um, deer are certainly walking as you're overlooking the stand set. And I'm like, all right, when, when that deer appears, he's going to be, or she's going to be right there. So got the cameras on, glass, real quick, throw them up. I see antlers and, like, footsteps. Because yeah. deer's head is down, so I can see antlers, right at its ears or you know plus or minus a little bit and i could see the steps i'm like okay that's definitely a buck i need to get the camera there on hit record on both gopro and the the camcorder and i'm like all right now is he gonna continue on or is he gonna cross the road like which direction is he going and and which deer specifically is this and is that like consistent cruising speed yeah not just booking it yeah, but like just destination going from well, point A to point B, covering ground. I don't know if if you're like me when it comes to this, but during this time of year, when I hear a deer walking in the leaves, in a not just a consistent, I pace, automatically right? am like it's a buck well, because it yes. seems like does this time of year are there's a buck behind them somewhere, and it's just like they almost like. Are 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 ninjas at like. night where they like run to this corner, they yeah. run to that thicket, they run to that thicket. It's like, it's like little sprints. Yeah, 
And or, so, or if they're not being chased, it's very, it's not as like as much just a paced walk. It's meandering, milling around, you know, slow. find a couple, a couple acorns, browsing on blackberry, yeah. whatever. Don't do anything that draws attention. <laughs> yeah. So I heard that, and I, that was my first instinct as well. Well, that's, that's a deer. Okay, it's consistent. Yeah. Got to be a buck. Yeah. Okay, antlers. So, kind of get the camera positioned, get it focused in on the right, you know, depth. I'm like, that's the ten. Yeah. That's got to be the ten. You know, had this deer on camera from the summer, um, and then actually had an encounter with the deer during bow season. It was late October, maybe the thirtieth, I think, something like that. Um, Seen the deer, grunted at him. He did not close the distance, but went and worked a scrape line and uh, rub on the cedar and just responded very aggressively to um, the grunts, but but just continued to ease off. And so had that encounter with the deer. And luckily for me, the year prior, Seth had an encounter with his wife, this deer as well, and they had um, determined that deer was three and a half last year and decided to make a pass on the deer. So they passed that deer, and this year shows up. He's like, yep, that's that 10 that, that uh, my wife passed. So I kind of watch him throughout the year. And there's some other deer on the property that are really pretty pretty impressive. And so this one was kind of always on the line. Like, I, I don't know, it's kind of going to be a in-the-moment decision. But knowing that this is such a transitional property, and, and with it being at least there's only minimal stuff that – can be done to improve, change, manipulate. So it's like it's a transitional property. It lights up during the rut, and we're, if you will, and we haven't really talked about this, but based on dates, it really is pretty consistent, like the 15th, 16th, 17th of November tend to be like lockdown. Yeah. And, And I personally think we experienced that very much so this year based on what we were seeing on cameras and then as we're kind of coming out of that right now it's like i'm starting to see more does on kind of getting back to plots and some deer running around i I think that that was if you will that that window so we were essentially what day did i kill that thing on it It would have been the 16th 16th. because opening was 14th 15th 16th yeah we're pretty much right there in the middle of it so if this Mm -hmm. is a transitional property that really heats up in the run. I'm like, I'm kind of, I, I, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I'm, I'm kind of halfway through this this peak, let's say. And um, dadgummit, this thing is going to walk. Because as soon as I was like, okay, it got to that point. Now I know it's going to get to this point. It's going to walk 40 yards away and present a perfectly broadside shot. Um, you know what? Shoot. I'm, I'm shooting that thing. So, move the camera, kind of pan through as he's walking through. And it's, again, that just that continual steady clip on that portion, uh, that very distinct travel corridor. And set the camera up. He got right into frame in a shooting lane that I cut for bow hunting. Do the old meh. Stops. Bang. Runs 60 yards and, and falls right over. I mean, it, it was if you will, like the picture perfect kind of, hey, he's he doesn't have a doe. He's moving relatively f- fast, trying to find, you know, a scent trail to continue and find another doe. And 
it was like that that speed of the hunt where I could still capture it and actually tell a little bit of of the story <laughs> and not just be like a turn it on yeah it's flash on hunt. bang kind yeah. of thing it's not a long hunt but it's like okay there's a little bit of okay he's coming he's working through this and that um so it turned out great and i i could see impact there kind of like through the scope and as that deer took off and, and ran um tail was tucked he tore out of there up the up the ridge and um, I kind of kind of had to lean out a little bit far in the tree, and I was like, okay, I put the binos up, and sure enough, there's white belly tipped over. Heard How the far did he run? 60, 60 yards or so. And it was it ended up being like a dead broadside. Um, and bullet enter is perfect up and down, but just a touch. You know that point in the shoulder? Like it yeah. makes that little. I mean, it was right there, but I did not hit it. I gotcha. mean, it was just behind it. And that's when you're shooting high shoulder, you're trying to drop them. Correct. And hit that point. But yes. if you miss it, you're still super deadly, but that's when you'll oh, see yeah. him run a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he at, at the point of impact, I was like, okay, well, he's dead, um, but I, I missed that just barely. Yeah. And um, But, again, being 40 yards away, it's not like you needed a rest. It was just cameras are rolling, put the gun up, and – Pop. Luckily, yeah, I had already kind of practiced because I when the gun was being sighted in and everything had that scope cranked way up and I had dialed it back down to like ten power and um, it was great you know depth of field I mean view for for that shot distance um, I think that's something sometimes people forget about a little bit in the heat of the moment yeah um, but ended up it worked flawlessly. Deer ran 60 yards, piled up. and We didn't have to weave it through no. w- w- uh, barbed wire? <laughs> no. <I laughs> That's sure what did. I did. I, I had to compensate. Mean. Okay, he's 35 yards. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's next week. So, deer piles up. You were obviously here home, at home. I was you at home. Hunting, no. Um, but since you sent you and Chad the message, kind of started the the – the chain of, of mm. texting people. Seth was gracious enough to come out and um, help me recover the deer, film it, and finish kind of the video and get that deer loaded up. And um, it's a great hunt. I mean, here a ten pointer. Um, he's not wide, decent tine length. He's just a run of the mill average average ten pointer. But happy to be able to put a tag on the deer have that encounter earlier on and i i think that sometimes the rut can be like that just wearing down i've seen some posts of people i think i think that this is a topic that we could certainly touch on and have touched on throughout this this fall but they're like i am grinding i'm grinding so hard i am putting time it's like 19 days in a row and i'm like Holy cow. Like, yeah. I sat that stand like four times, saw a ton of deer, except for one time. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Didn't see the buck that was, or, or a buck, a shooter buck, until this time. Um, but it's like, I, on average, probably hunted that farm from late October till then, three times a week. Yeah. And it wasn't like I think I hunted one time consecutive days. It very 
choosy picky of the time and the, the circumstances. But when you're seeing that many deer, you know it's like, hey, it's just a, everything. All these conditions are right and playing out. Um, wow, that's a big deer. Yeah, another happy that client. Trev- Trevor. Yeah. Trevor Batten. That's a good one. Good for him. Yeah. Um, so it's it was like you know it's just a matter of time before that the buck or you know whichever one wants to show up that's mature and and it was happened to be that deer that morning um and ended up seeing a few does later on but man that was just it was it was your classic rut hunt and and it, with it being locked down peak breeding I was happy to wrap the tag around that deer yeah i mean it, it it's going to make for a cool video it kind of brings together if you will, a lot of previous podcasts that we've talked about, you know, that property, that specific set, actually, and the way deer are working through it. So, um, no, it's, I mean, it's always fun. To, it's always fun to kill. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think about that. I've seen a lot of posts, similar posts, where guys are hunting like crazy, which, good for you guys. Um, that's cool you get to do that. Um, yikes. I'm, I'm not even sure... I could do that. Now, being in the situation we are business owners, I feel like in a tree stand, especially no service, it's like, what am I missing out on? (laughs) What am I, what is, what is backing up? What, what emails am I missing? And, uh, or what diapers am I missing out on? Um, and, oof, for me, um, you know, You've hunted a little bit more than I have, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's been it was nice to know that it, it all came true. You know, you you moved out, you hunted at the north end of the property, and it's like you progressed closer and closer and closer, and got a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more aggressive, and here it is gun season now, where you never know what can happen. I'm sure we've all yeah. seen the meme of Dwight from the office in his green jacket with a blaze orange stocking cap, and it says. All you bow hunters out there who are watching your scent, and some guy walks in dressed like this and shoots your buck or shoots <laughs> the buck. Um, yeah. And it's like, so it's nice to know that a deer of uh, that you've got that you had on it throughout the throughout the summer and fall was this still there. Uh, and it's always an indicator, especially on 160 acres, that pressure's not too high. And that's where, like, thinking about the the amount of trail cameras we're running this year on my family farm and, and the Prairie Hollow property is. We used to joke about it turning into a desert right after gun season because yeah. the deer vanished. Right. They were so skittish and gone and finding little pockets that weren't disturbed. And, I mean, honestly, right now, look at the trail cameras. You don't even really know that it's gun season. Nah. Because there's deer moving during daylight. Oh, yeah. And I and I feel like going to the farm right now, and you know, you'll hear on future podcasts the story of my book, but um, I feel like it's still fresh. Like, you just go, and I, I feel like when I sat down in the tree stand yesterday, it was just like, I never know who can show up, but there's definitely a lot of daylight walkers. Biggest deer on the farm was here yesterday in daylight. So, yeah, right. um, hunting hunting very uh, uh, smart and very conservatively, but yet aggressive enough to kill creates that effect of, fresh hunting throughout the year well, when you get yeah. over over aggressive you better enjoy those few days because you keep that up and the whole place is going to change well and i think that what do we do for you know on a, on a daily 
deal, we go to properties, we evaluate the habitat, and there's sometimes that we can say, all right, I get it. Because of your neighborhood, because of what resources you have or don't have on your property, your pr it's th this property is probably going to hunt pretty decent at this time. Like, we, we can go there and evaluate because we know at each stage of, of the year, of the season, of the you know the day-to-day -day conditions, what deer are needing and what they're not needing. Yeah. And, and, you know, you someone could be hunting a, a corn or, or think that they've got this amazing food plot and it's standing corn during the rut and it's 70 degrees wherever they're hunting. It's like, yeah, that, that, no, that that's not that's not great. But when you have a property that's either set up or you can recognize those, you know when to like when it's time to go and when it's not time to go. Oh yeah. And and yeah. I think that's that's beyond you know, I, I think a lot of people are like, Well, the more time I spend hunting, the more success I will have or the more opportunities. So it's like no, it's like the more knowledge that you apply to hunting and to the habitat and the resources that are there that will then give you the more increased opportunity. Because if it's a crappy day, based on what resources you were hunting, where you're hunting, well, you're probably gonna have a crappy hunt. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. Let's yeah, say, totally. Just to be out there. So you know, we we keep that in mind certainly when when we're hunting and 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 deciding where when to go in. Um, so that was Monday. Yep. Right. Um, what day? Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So our brother-in-law, Michael, um, there's a lot of people I feel like, I know we talked about it early on, but some of them, they don't even know that we're brother-in-laws. No. They just think we're business partners, friends, whatever. How but do, like, yeah. we're, we're brother-in-laws. We married sisters. You married the first sister and then fooled me and told me. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I married, said, so I'm there's four, there's four siblings. <laughs> there's the oldest sister. Yes. And then there's my wife, the next one in line, and yep. then there's a brother, and then there's your wife. Yep. And so I got married first, told you how great it was, conned you into it, and like, Why? well, if I'm going down in this ship, you're coming with, and you married the youngest sister, so our our wives are sisters, so therefore we're brother-in-laws, and then we have a shared brother-in-law, or Correct. I guess two shared brother-in-laws, but one right, of them being right. the sibling to our wives. And he's 26. He's yeah. in between my wife's age and then me. So, yeah, he's he's 26. Um, and he, I didn't, like, th this was new to me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I knew he had killed deer, and I knew he had deer hunting when he was younger. I did not know to what extent. Yeah. Um. He had never killed a buck before. Yeah. And he'd only killed one doe before. So, anyhow, it's like, hey, do you want to go? You don't have much time. He's he's in law enforcement. And so he had two days off, basically, within gun season, the way it all kind of fell. I was like, well, let's just go one morning and see what happens. You know, there's been a pile of deer on this, this 160. And so it's like, we'll just go in and try and, and kill a doe. I know, like, he loves – I don't think I've ever seen a guy eat more than him, but he loves the the idea, the process of, of food, venison, loves it. So we went in with that expectation. Wednesday morning, um, similar conditions. South wind, it was 10 to 12 miles an hour. Was it consistent where you were hunting? Like, solid, like – 
consistent blowing Which way? at that speed. South. Oh, mine was south. Mine was almost east. Oh, really? Strong, 10, 12 mile an hour. It, it was, was like it was a strong wind. Perfect yeah. wind yeah. for where I was at. Right, right. So good solid wind. We went to a different stand that, than what I had hunted. Um, had really left this area alone for the rut and gun season, but I had already tagged out. And so it's like, hey, well, that's the conditions to go in there. Let's let's just go hunt and see what happens. Well, this was his first time in a tree stand, and I texted him. I was like, hey, you know, are you comfortable going in a tree stand, or we can go to a blind? I don't care. It's just like we don't, whatever you feel comfortable with. He's like, yeah, I, I'm fine with that. So he had the harness. I was in the saddle back behind. Um, got up, getting everything set. Was set like right as let's say legal shooting light was coming on. I'm like, hey, okay, deer probably probably going to come from, like, this direction, work through here, do this number. So, you know, kind of be prepared for a shot opportunity out this direction. Okay, sounds good. And, I don't know, two minutes later, he's like, I see one. I'm like, what do you, like, okay, next time you tell me you see a deer, I'll <laughs> be a little bit more specific. I'm like, where? What are you talking about? Because it's still pretty dark. He's like, 2 o'clock trying to like coming down the coming down the ridge like okay he's i think it's buck i'm looking like holy cow yeah that's definitely a buck but then it freezes kind of like bodies behind a tree and there's some limbs right in around the antler so i'm looking at it in low light i know it's a buck i just get the camera going and point it in that direction you can't really hardly see anything because it's still pretty dark and Trying to determine which deer it is, because like through branches and through low light, I'm like, Michael, we're just gonna have to sit here and watch this thing because I don't know exactly which deer this is, and we're just gonna have to you know see how it plays out. The deer finally kind of calms down, but he's trying to peg us. I think uh, he might have shifted a little too aggressively in the stand, gotcha. made a little noise. Um, anyhow, that deer calms down, continues to kind of meander crosses the drain and starts to loop around back to the north. So kind of coming around to our right. And um, he's going on a decent clip. So I'm trying to film at the same time as trying to be like, okay, what deer is this? Still don't know. Gets a little bit lighter and add a little bit of light to the camera and put the binos back up. And I find I'm like, this is just a really wide six-pointer big body i'm like i i don't i don't know what this deer is i i guess i shouldn't say i knew it was a six pointer i thought it was a seven pointer but maybe had a broken tine or something so i was yeah. like maybe it maybe it's the eight pointer that i'm seeing but that eight pointer is not nearly that wide this deer was very noticeably wide so I'm like, i don't know the deer i don't have pictures of it trying to get a good judge on it and anyhow it turns broad so i'm like michael like shoot the deer yeah. It's a big six pointer. Just shoot it. He shoots it. Weren't sure on the shot because obviously when you're in a tree stand, you're up above and I could see the bullet impact the slope behind the deer. Yeah. And it looked like it was high and kind of off, but I'm not I, he's shooting like on the left like side of the was, tree you know, and I'm on the right when side. When you sent it to me, it looked like he was way off. Shot yeah. 2 foot over it and, and where it almost was like he hit a limb. S- something like I mean, he loves to shoot. 
Like, he knows how to shoot. That was never an issue, uh, you know, taking him hunting. And so I was like, I, I know he knows how to shoot. And I had given him uh, the the um, little tripod to, to rest. I'm like, the deer's 60 yards maybe. Like, yeah. there's no way this guy missed it. So he shoots. Deer takes off. And it goes, crosses a little ravine, runs up the hill, and it slows right back down. Tail is tucked. And then slows down like, dude, if you can get another bullet in that deer, try it. Anyhow, it, it gets into an area that's kind of high stem count, and, and um, we think we hear a crash. And I'm like, all right, awesome, dude. That's fantastic. But, like, we got to make sure on this shot. He goes, that was amazing. Like, that was so cool. That was my first buck. And I'm like, huh? That was your first buck? Are you yeah. serious? Anyhow, first stinking buck. Here he comes once again, Matt. Mr. Possum? <laughs> Where does he come from? Because that's the street out there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He's walking across, what, that six-foot-high fence? Once again, we're Silhouetted. in the backyard, and here he comes. <laughs> the only unfortunate part is we're because of the wind – Tonight we're right at mix of fence that he usually goes. I know by, so. he usually climbs up this monster post oak behind us. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um. So, anyhow, we start reviewing the footage, trying to trying to see exactly where and if he hits this deer. Um. But finally, we, we got it, and I could see a, a, what looks like a really well placed shot right behind the shoulder, a little spot of hair that got displaced. Yeah. But we texted te- – no, I called you, I believe I did, um, right at 7 o'clock. And um, I was like, hey, I'm not going to believe what just happened. And you're like, you're not going to believe what just happened too. Yeah. About the same time. Well, I had t- I had texted you. And so when you called me, I was no, like – I texted you and said, hunting, question mark? And I said, yeah, and I just yeah. shot one. Yes, that's right. Yep. And so then I was I waiting. You. And then you called me, and I'm like, what in the world is he calling me? I thought he was hunting too. <laughs> and I was like, Whatever. And then you said, we got one. I'm like, yeah, we did get one. I'm looking at it. You're going to have to tell me. No, we got one. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. So, anyhow, <clears throat> we waited in the tree a little bit. You were going to come over, then the change, change plans. Anyhow, let that deer, plenty of time to expire. We got down, went and changed layers, and um, recovered the deer. But it was, again, here's another, same property, transitional property. You never know who, what is going to show up. Yep. And this deer summered on Seth, or Seth was familiar with the deer, um, just a big, wide, 20-inch wide six-pointer. And um, he had, I mean, the tiniest little nubs uh, uh, for a, maybe a G3 if he could ever grow one. But um, it it was just a big old six-pointer. And his first buck, he was jacked up, still is jacked up, and... Um, that's kind of what we talked about last week on the podcast is like this, the opportunity for rifle season creates opportunity for a lot of hunters. Yeah, totally. And, and, and you know, what crossbows, what crossbows brought to archery season, gun season was already doing for years. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I don't, I don't think he was able to give like a straight answer cause he couldn't remember necessarily, but you asked him and I had asked him too. I was like, <coughs> When was the last time you were able to hunt or, or you know, you went hunting? It had been, I mean, five years or so, something like that? Well, if it was, if he's well, counting a duck hunt, that was when I took him 
I took him on a duck hunt several years ago. Um, I should I should say deer hunt because he's turkey hunted since. I'm then. just curious. He rode with you over there, right? Yes. How much knocking did you have to do to get him to wake up to get in the truck on time? Oh, I had coffee. Okay. I I, I bribed him with coffee. I said I'll have coffee just because actually he was ready. I mean, like that that man has always been late with me. Like when we went duck hunting, he was late. <laughs> and then when there was one year, I took him on a trap line, and he was, was an right. hour and a half late getting to my house. Well, I think I was like. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad you're serious about this. <laughs> I think that, I think that um, over the course of years, promptness has 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 certainly increased for him, and in, in those in those first years, um, but I, it had been a while, let's say, since yeah. he had hunted. Period, but specifically deer hunted, and um, you know, just to see the, to see the him. S- be happy, be excited, have that opportunity. And I, I didn't know this either. This was the first buck he had ever seen hunting. Oh, really? Like, he had bow hunted some, and he has killed a doe. This was the first buck that he had seen hunting, and let alone had, you know, five, ten-minute encounter with a deer, observing, watching, determining who, what, how, you know, all that. And... I'm like, wow, you know, you're 26, you love it, but you you just don't have that ability to go. So um, that was cool to be able to be a part of that experience. And, you know, he's tickled to death with, with the deer, and then we took it home, processed it, um, and he's going to have, I don't know, how many meals and whatnot out of that deer, but it's, it's in – vacuum sealed bags ready to go and um he's gonna certainly enjoy it so it was another cool hunt but that's that's why i think rifle season is cool i mean i said i shot my deer at 40 yards this one was 60 yours was 35 there's no shame in shooting them with the gun it it doesn't matter you still got to be where you got to be yeah And, and especially in these this is just you know example but like not every rifle hunt or kill happens at 300 yards or 200 no, yards. No. I mean, I've shot I've shot more deer with a rifle under 100 yards than over 100 yards. And that's why I, I kind of chuckle when people are like, like when I hear the term, oh, it's just a gun stand. Oh, that one's a bow stand. I'm like, I thought it was either <laughs> bedding stand, transition stand, or food plot stand. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I guess I don't have enough blinds or stands I use blinds in a way of, okay, there's no tree. I'm going to try to enclose some scent. Or the way the land is, I'd rather have a blind there. I don't have, it's like, okay, it's a blind. Well, automatically I'm going to rifle hunt it. I, I have stuff in places where bow hunt or gun hunt, whatever you want. It might be a close gun shot or it might stretch out and be a little bit further with a bow. Yeah. But at the same time, there it's this one's set up for this scenario and this one's set up for this scenario. And that is bedding transition food what have you well, like i said you know said earlier that that scope power it goes it, you can crank it up but you can crank it all the way back down to what you need it for in that yeah. cer- certain situation and you know <clears throat> again that's why habitat is is more important than you know just determining long views of hey i can see a lot so i can cover a lot and i can shoot a lot well i'd rather still be where i need to be yeah. At that moment and at that time, 
than than you know seeing across an entire cornfield. Well, that doesn't do me any good if they're not coming to corn. Absolutely. And speaking of habitat, go over to listen to the other podcast this week as we give a few habitat tips on what to do this time of the year. What? Yeah. yeah. There's things you can do in November. Oh, there's some mighty fine things to do in November. So go and check that out. Um, overall, gun season has been incredible for us so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those where we cashed in some chips on on the fact of, well, now is a really good time to be in the woods. Deer are still really moving, and we've got a nice rifle in our hands. So if they are a little further, our chances are higher of filling tags. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully you guys fun. enjoyed it this yep. week. Go to YouTube, subscribe to Land and Legacy. I'm um, getting ready to drop. Man, we got a lot of videos coming. Yeah, I was. Sure I had texts come in while we we're here. We've got some uh, one of our clients' really successful hunts coming. We've got your your uh, doe and buck hunt. Traces. Traces gun hunt. Gun hunt my gun hunt. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of stuff getting ready to hit. So hopefully you guys will head over to YouTube and check out Land and Legacy. Anyway, guys, appreciate it. Go over and listen to our second podcast this week. We appreciate that as well. Leave us a review on iTunes. Um, subscribe to our Land of Legacy feed over there yeah, if you definitely. haven't already. And uh, we appreciate everything you guys bring. Good luck, guys. We'll see you. Yeah.